Welcome to episode 20 of Lost a Step for Sunday, July 31st. I am Mark, and alongside me is Max, Mike, and Tom. How's it going, guys? Doing great. Doing well. What's up, Mark? Cool, cool, cool. Doing good. Doing good. Now, Tom, I got something for you. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, geez. If the Jets were a dessert, (laughs) what type of dessert would they be? Uh, Something forgettable. Um, I don't know. Um, Sherbert. You know that this man just talked how, about how he loved Sherbert last week, and now you're just gonna absolutely put him down like that. I don't know. Wow. I could go my whole life wow. without eating Sherbert again, just like I could go. The, I think most Jet fans could go don't say the golf. Last ten years of watching the Jets, oh. but right. I'm a little All more right. optimistic for this year. Truth be told. Come on, right, we got so someone we got, backstage here. Let's move along. All right, we got. All right, uh, two more. Max Packers. If they were a dessert, what would they be? A cheesecake. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. Mike, where are the Giants? If the Giants were a dessert, well, personally, like my favorite, my favorite dessert, if I were to get a cake, would be a cookie cake because I'm pretty simple like that. So I'll say cookie cake. Um, I don't know what like a specific New York dessert is. That would be a pinto thing. But for me, cookie cake. We're not going to let a special guest not answer that question, but we're going to let him answer in a minute after Max introduces them, because this is the Lost Set podcast where three athletes and a producer all gather around to talk about what's going on in the world of sports, as well as crown who or whom has the unfortunate privilege of being crowned our Lost Step moment of the week. A little hint about the Lost Step. It's a, it's a hometown story for a few of us. I'll leave it at that. Before we get to that, though, right at the top, we're going to start the first of our NFL division preview with this week focusing on our thoughts going on in the AFC NFC West. And like I said, we have a special guest joining us this week. The fun fact, we're all golden Eagles. Think about it. True. We're all golden Eagles fly. To listen to our past episodes, be sure to follow us and subscribe on Spotify and on our social medias, on, on Twitter at Lost of Step 1, and on Facebook by just searching the Lost of Step podcast. You'll see our page right there. We like to interact with our, our fans, post clips, and post polls. So be sure to, to um, reach out to us if you have any feedback. And before I ramble on anymore, Max, I'm going to give it to you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, we do have a guest for tonight. Um, he's the current wide receivers coach at Colgate um, previously coached the past two years for the Arizona Cardinals as part of the bill Bidwell coaching fellowship. Um, Like you said, Mark, the four of us, um, I guess the five of us are golden Eagles. So we know him as a standout wide receiver for our alma mater, SUNY Brockport. And then also a little bit for his open hoops performance as well. Uh, Pinto knows (laughs) what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, But yeah, so let's welcome to the show, Jordan Hogan, Jordan, how's it going? It's good. It's great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, anytime I can you know, talk ball or talk shop, you know, this time of year, I'm more than happy to do it. And more important, I'm more than happy to do it, you know, for some fellow, you know, um, you know, alumni, you know, so I'm really happy to be, uh, be on and talking football and, you know, back in the college realm. But you now, obviously, we all pay attention to the to what's going on in the big league. So, you know, happy to, to be on and, you know, answer whatever questions you guys may, you know, may throw at me. If the Golden Eagles were a dessert. What would it be? Um, obviously, it's going to be a great dessert. So for me, right. um, 
I, I'm not cheesy or I'm old, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of ice cream cake um, mm. or um, strawberry cheesecake. But I, if, I, if I was just kind of be a bland, a bland person, I would, I would go with uh, ice cream cake. But that would be one B one A is definitely strawberry uh, cheesecake. Ice cream cake is money. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, I, you yeah, can't no, that's fair. all the time because if you say it, you sound like a child. So that's why I had to kind of, <laughs> I kind of had to, you know, like, you know, put, t- t- tear it up a little bit for you. There we go. Yeah. I was going to say ice cream cake is, is up there for me as well. I like the Carvel, uh, there Carvel ice cream cake. But, I might um, go down and get some right now. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> but Jordan, I was, I did want to say we appreciate, um, you mentioned to us that, first day of camp tomorrow, um, new, new job. So, I mean, do you want to just, I guess, before we get into the NFL stuff, you want to just kind of talk about that. And then also some people may not know, but you're a dad. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that and how, how that's going, um, you know, feel free to share whatever. Yeah. It's been a crazy last two years, just, you know, with the the whole NFL and, you know, getting my, I've already had my feet, I guess, you know, wet in, in, in the league from my, summer internships, but to be able to be a full-time, you know, coach, you know, in the regular season was amazing. We'll talk about that, but yeah, um, my wife and I, uh, we have a one-year-old, uh, Ma or Ann. Uh, we actually have our second, um, <laughs> we have, we're, we're expecting a second child in October. So like in two, what, two months. Congratulations. Wow. Two kids. Yeah. We're pretty pumped about that. Congrats. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're, um, my wife's got everything planned out. She's a, she's a former coach too. So like everything is like by the book over here. There um, you go. But I, my, my, my contract, well, my, my, my fellowship ended last <clears throat> contract ended in early February. Um, so then we relocated back to Buffalo and actually from the months of March until end of May, I was working at UB. So I was a senior offensive assistant, uh, quality control coach working with the quarterbacks, um, and after I love, I love the staff over there. I love, you know, being at home and in Buffalo, but I realized that as a quality control coach, you don't really do too much coaching. Um, it's more of a, you know, hand, um, hands off, you know, uh, doing a lot of charting and analytics stuff, which I, I have no problem doing because that's all I did last year with the Cardinals. Uh, but I basically, if I wasn't going to be in the league, like I want to coach, I have so much information in my, in my brain right now from the last two years. I'm like, I got to, I gotta be in some room. I gotta be coaching up some some someone. I can I can I, I can obviously offer a lot of input and value to a room. So this job came open extremely late in the in the hiring process, and I put my name in for it. And luckily, I knew a decent amount of people on staff and then throughout the conference from my time at Cornell. Um, and Cornell and Colgate are basically rivals, so I I put in a couple of phone calls and. One thing led to another, and I was able to get the job. So I'm really happy to uh, be be coaching again and be able to you know run my own room and getting after it with the receivers. We got a really good room here. We got a good got a good quarterback because that's where everything starts at. No matter what level you're playing at, you got to have a quarterback. Um, no matter how much it costs, as we'll get into. Um, but we got a good guy here, and we're we're gonna have a good year. Colgate's always been a really good program, and um, really looking forward to getting it going here um this this week. So. So that's that's basically how I got to hear the, the Colgate, um, um, and then yeah, I got I got a, a one year old, and we got one on the way in in, uh, in October. October fifteenth is due date. Busy nice. man awesome. this fall. My Busy wedding man. anniversary. Good yeah. date. Good date. Wow. Um, but yeah, so you you mentioned you know paying quarterbacks, maybe expensive quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> been some storylines about a certain one that you've obviously worked a lot with. Um, 
being with the Cardinals. Yeah. I guess, should we start there maybe with the NFC West, you know, maybe give us a little bit of your thoughts on everything this off season with the Cardinals, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins suspension, you know, Marquise Brown coming over and then yep. obviously Kyler Murray, a lot going on there. Yep. So, um, obviously I'll, I'll start, you know, kind of on the, the back end of, of the season. I mean, obviously we didn't finish the season, uh, on the, on the highest that we were able to make the playoffs. So that was a plus anytime you get into the playoffs, you know, at that level, it, it's, it's a win. It's a plus. I mean, my first year in 2020, we fell flat. We, we started off hot and then we really you know fell flat in the end. We went eight and eight. When, if we won our last game, we would have gotten into the playoffs. Um, so the entire off season, it was about how can we obviously finish? How can we be, um, you know, more uh, of a veteran led led team. That's why we went out and we got JJ Watt. We went out and we got Rodney Hudson. We went out and we got um, James Conner. You know, we traded for Zach Ertz throughout the year. So the biggest thing was like, okay, like we we are a very young team in the Arizona Cardinals. For the most part, for the duration of their existence, have they don't have a lot of winning uh, tradition throughout the organization, and that was something that was always echoed throughout from the top up. Like we've had spurts you know we've had the 2009 you know Super Bowl team you've had the, the Carson Palmer years but majority of the Arizona Cardinals I don't want to say it's a losing uh, franchise but they haven't had a lot of success so we needed to bring players in veterans and I almost forgot about AJ Green like we want to bring veterans in mm. that have experienced winning at the highest levels so in the offseason going into the 2021 season that's why you saw us you know really get a lot of veterans and it paid off early on in the year I mean obviously we got off to the really fast start eight or seven and oh whatever the case is and then obviously the injury bug hit um and that was tough because you know you know in in the league it, it, it is about you know your coaches and in in, in the scheme but it really comes down to the players and if you have more stud or star players football players on your team on any given Sunday you're gonna have a better chance of winning and that's why we were so good early on and then we Obviously, Kyle went down with an ankle injury. James Conner was in and out of the lineup. Chase Edmonds was in and out of the lineup. Obviously, we lost D-Hop, like, after, like, week 10 or week 11, you know. And, you know, it, it was tough. Now, obviously, we were able to pull it together later on. And we were able to string out, you know, get a win, you know, in our one of our last couple of games, get us into the playoffs. But even though it ended really poorly and by our standards, um, it was nice to, like, experience just a whole wave of, like, ups and downs and being able to, being contention in December and then obviously getting to the playoffs. I mean, obviously the playoffs, but that was, that was a flop. That was a dud. No one in the organization expected that to happen, especially, you know, leading up to the game, it was the big oh, no, arrival of, you know, the winter soldier coming back and JJ Watt. I mean, that was just really like talking about just, you know, getting chills, just watching him practice. Like literally his shoulder was off his bone like two months ago. And he's literally in the weight room doing rehab every single day. Like he literally is like Captain America. It's like, like, he, like he, the things he says, you know, to motivate, to motivate the team. And he, he's like, whatever he says he's going to do, he's like the ultimate captain. He's the ultimate, like, face for franchise. I can only imagine what he was like when he was in his prime. He's definitely in the, the uh, what, what would it be, the twilight? Twilight, twilight. Twilight. Yeah, twilight. I yeah. mean, like, he's definitely on the decline, and hopefully he can stay healthy. That's going to be the biggest thing with him. Like, he's, like, he can get you, you know, eight or nine sacks. Um, but hopefully he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he can get you into that double-digit sack. I mean, he still is a force. Um, and you know, I, I think the Arizona's going to be fine. You know, they got a tough schedule this year, but it, it definitely sucked, you know, in the playoffs because we 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 were getting J.J. Watt back, and we thought we were going to go on this match. We're running the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. And I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll take any questions you have. Like, when we were 8-0, like, it's – like, this is my first time being – 
in the regular season, you know, with the team. And when you start eight and oh, you get a lot of like just good thoughts. You're like, man, like, and there's a lot of veterans on veteran coaches on the team that have been to the Super Bowl that made deep runs into the playoffs. And now you're seven and oh, you're eight and oh, you're first in the division, you're the number one seed as of as of that week. You start thinking like, man, like, all right, well, if if we get home field advantage, we just got win one game and then we're already in the NFC championship game. And who knows the NFC championship game, we're already in the Super Bowl. So even when we were going on our little slip and slip, like your slide, like just being a part of that just atmosphere, like knowing that like, hey, we're going to be in the playoffs, we're going to be getting some bonus checks. Uh, we have a shot at going to the Super Bowl. If it's if if we're in the Super Bowl, it's right down the road in LA. So there's a lot of like just like positive vibes and obviously. We got hurt and the rest is history, but it was real. It was, it, it was a, it's a real feeling to be a part of it. Um, you know, I, I'm counting down my days when I'm, when I'm able to, to get back into the league. Hopefully it's really soon. You no, know, I would love to be back in the league next cycle, but I'm going to do the best job I can here at Colgate and we're going to win some games. Um, but I definitely enjoyed my time working with working in the quarterback room and being alongside Kyler and Colt McCoy and coach Kingsbury and then the quarterbacks coach Cam Turner. So um, I learned a lot. Being around Kyler is um, it's 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 a unique, um, you know, uh, thrill because he does not open up to everybody and he truly, like he he invites you in. So obviously, as, as a young guy, as a coach, like I'm I'm doing everything I can to be to get on his good side, and he knows that. Um, but he's very he's an introvert person. You know, he's very he keeps to himself. He's a quiet guy. Uh, he's highly competitive. Um, but it, it takes him some time to to to, to be himself or, or to just open up to you. It, he's going to talk to you on his terms, you know, as a young coach. So it was it was really cool. At, like after the first couple of weeks in training camp, my first year, then once we got to the regular season, I got to know him. You know, he like he he would bust my balls a lot. You know, like he so that that's how I knew like he was he was comfortable around me. And um, and I texted him last week when he signed the. Um, uh, his contract extension. I, I mean, I just told him like, "Hey, best of luck. I know you're gonna kill it." And just some, just some words of encouragement that I'm pretty sure he didn't need from me. But it was, it was really <laughs> cool that he actually got right back. He, te- he texted me back. You know, there's three hour, you know, time times on different. But he texted me back. But then um, later that night, just telling me, you know, you know, best of luck in in my future endeavors. That he, you know, he, he wishes I was still there and all that good stuff. So it was really cool that he actually responded back to me. But that's awesome. He he is yeah. a he, he is he's a good person. No, he's a good person, hell of a quarterback. Uh, but yeah. with every with every person, every player in the league, everyone comes with their um, deficiencies or things that they need to work at. The one thing I will say that we're going to probably talk about a little bit, he like the the whole four hour homework deal is that's Fugazi, it's bogus. Um, when he's in the facility, he, he he's watching film, he studies film. Like football players at that level, they they get there around seven a.m. and they don't leave until five. So from basically from seven to five, and I'm in I, literally, I was with him every single step. For the last two years, I well, at least when he was in the facilities, um, he's watching film. He's either working out. Um, he's with the trainers. You know, the quarterbacks, the, the quarter, our quarterback meeting rooms were very innovative. They were very next level um, because Kyler is, you know, like most young guys. I mean, I'm 31. We're like in that 38, you know, 30 year bracket. I kept, I kept always telling myself, I forget. Kyler's like 20. I, I mean, you guys can look it up right now, but I think Kyler's like 23, 24, 25. So. He's truly in that area of like, I can't sit down for an hour, you know, whatever, whatever that case is, you know, like, yeah, you know, so our, our meetings are, it's not just Tyler's, it's most young players are coming to the league. Like you, their intention spans, you know, you know, are, 
I mean, my attention span is, 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 you know, it's good. Obviously, I'm a coach, so, like, I can sit down for a couple of hours and you know, not blink. But for a player, like, you know, I need, I want to get in, get out. So, um, but with Kyler, I mean, our meetings were long. They were, you know, he talked a ton. A lot of it had to do with having Colt McCoy in the room, and Colt would always, you know, bounce great ideas off of the quarterback's coach, off of Coach Kingsbury, to get Kyler to talk, um, adding – a veteran presence like Colt McCoy in the room was, was great. And that's one of the reasons why Kyler took the next step in his career. And he had a great, yeah. you know, he had a great year, you know, last year, Pro Bowl, and, you know, he broke a lot of records and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have nothing bad. You know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to say anything bad about Kyler just because I, I know what he did for us last year. Um, and he's a hell of a quarterback. And it, it, it's not it's like – we'll talk about the, the paying and all that stuff. And you guys probably know better than I do. It, it's it's not about like what you're worth. It's about like when you when you're able to sign your contract. Like now to to, to the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and to me, Kyler is worth you know, you know the forty you know plus million dollars. So other people he out there, he's not worth that amount of money. Well, you take Kyler Murray off the Cardinals, you know, then they're back to three and thirteen, which is what they were worth. You know, Josh Rosen. You know, you can say right. that about many teams in the league. You, you, even though the Buffalo Bills have a great roster, and I think they're, I mean. <laughs> Anything short of the AFC Championship game, you know, in there, and I'm pretty sure in that organization, even Super Bowl eyes, in Super Bowl is probably a fail or a bust of the season. You take Josh Allen off that roster. I mean, they're a good roster, but the quarterback makes this, you know, makes the, uh, the what stirs the drink, you know, to quote, what is it, Reggie Jackson? Like, like that's, you got to have a good quarterback. You got, you got to pay those guys. Like, you know, and he's worth it. You know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously worth it. I'm really trying to think of if, if you took a quarterback, you took one of the top, 10 quarterbacks off of a roster, would they still be a Super Bowl team? Like, I, I, I mean, you could, I mean, that might be a good question for you guys to know the debate on, but, hmm. um, but I think we can, we can make a poll. Maybe we can throw that on Twitter. Yeah. I, I think Kyle, you know, he's definitely worth like at least to the Arizona Cardinals. He's worth you no know, hundred million dollars per year. Like, because you take him off the roster, you know, I love Colton Coyne. Colton Coyne won us two, two games, but you know, um, and, and you could definitely win game for Colt, but you know, there's only one Kyle Murray in, you know, in the world. And, you know, obviously Arizona locked him up because he's he's going to win them a lot of football games. And he's going to keep a lot of guys employed in that in that um, in that facility. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's my question for you. Then I, I think number one, really quick, if we if we have a minute. So obviously you played wide receiver, and then I, I just want to know like your transition from obviously going into coaching. Um, you know, working with wide receivers would probably be the easiest transition for you. But I think the second easiest would probably be working with quarterbacks because your career, you built such good relationships with that position, right? So was your transition going into and being in that quarterback room, would you say that it was pretty easy for you just being around quarterbacks your whole life playing wide receiver? Or did it take a little bit of time to adjust? Uh, no, I'm not going to lie. It took a lot. Probably if I was transitioning at the FCS or FBS level, it would have been uh it would have been easier, but when you jump from, you know, working with very good all-conference players to working with the people that the best of the best, the best of the best that our our, our all-conference players are trying to emulate, that's different level. Um, so just yeah. like jumping in, like the biggest difference for me was just you no know, run game at the NFL level and, and protections. Um, and then and then actually just speaking the language, you know, from a quarterback, you know, fundamental standpoint, like actually like. Cause I was with the quarterbacks every single day and individuals. So like, I'm used to being with, being with receivers and during individuals. So just watching how quarterbacks warm up, understanding the arm angles and the launch points and understanding how the footwork has to look the same on play action as it does on the run game. You know, just little things that I never thought about as a receiver. Like I understood, you know, timing and progressions and, you know, you know, 
but progressional reading, full full reads, and you know, getting the ball fast and quick game and all that good stuff when it comes to throwing the football. But you know, run game wise, you no know, uh, footwork wise, you no know, play actions, things off of play actions, how you can you know you know mirror things, but it can be different at all at the same time. Like those were little things that were, it like it was it was new to me, um, but I could I could speak it, um, but it was really cool just to watch. Like I think Kyle, I think there's. I think there's only two guys in the league that throw a better pure football mechanically better than Kyler, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I think, you know, Kyler Murray is fundamentally um, is put together, you know, as far as throwing the football. I mean, I, I stood behind him every single day at practice. I, I mean, it's like just freaking watching, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing watching him throw a football. Um, so I, I definitely learned a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm counting out of days when I can not get my next opportunity to work with quarterbacks, whether it's at the college level or in the NFL level. Um, but mm-hmm. the transition would have been easier if I would have maybe had a year at the college level um, and then right. jumping to the pros. But like when you I mean, now I consider myself a really you know good coach at, at all positions. But when you jump from working with, you know, FCS, FBS, you know, receivers and I didn't really have any experience working with quarterbacks. It's just it's a as a quarterback, you are the head coach. You are the offensive coordinator. You are the you're the head honcho, even though you know, Coach Kingsburg's calling the plays in the NFL. Like you're in charge of everything at college level. Depending on the type of quarterback you have, you can obviously, you know, watch how much you put on his plate from a game plan preparation, from a you know, you know, just know how much you want him calling the, you know, how much, how many audibles, how many plays you're going to have in that in that install. And the NFL level, as you guys know, the good quarterbacks, you know, they're running the show. You know, Josh Allen, yeah, um, Pat Mahomes, um, you know, Tom Brady, um, you know, Herbert. Like I'm, just, I'm trying to think of guys that I know that actually have the entire playbook. Like they can change it, whatever, at, at any time. You know, Drew Brees when he's right. playing, and then Kyler for us, like, they always have the green light. So that was something that was, like, new to me. Like, oh, like, if you see something, like, it's, it's, it's on you now. That's why when people say, like, he didn't – he doesn't study, you know, he's just out there winging it. Like, it's literally imp- – and he talked about it during his press conference. It's literally impossible. and It's actually an honor for people to think that he actually would do it without studying. But it's mentally impossible for a quarterback, at least, to be able to just like not watch film at all and not do anything on his own and just go out there and just wing it like he's playing, you know, NFL street football. Like it doesn't happen. Like it's, it's we put in so much time and too many plays for him just to be like, yeah, like I'm not going to watch film. Now, I, like, I, I don't know what he does once he leaves the facility. That's the only thing I can say on that map. Um, Cause you know, it's been well documented. He likes playing video games, but like, obviously everyone has <laughs> things they like to do outside of, outside of football. So does Odell, man. Yeah, Odell there's, plays there's, video games too. He streams. There are a ton of players at all levels. What else are you gonna do? As soon as you leave the facilities, that is your time. But obviously, the, the golden rule basically, as soon as, like anywhere, like if, you, if I'm working at McDonald's or if I'm working on Wall Street, as soon as I clock in, like I'm locked into whatever position I'm I'm I'm, empl- I'm employed yeah. by through. When Kyle is in the facilities, he's locked in. He's at practice. He's at meetings. He's doing PT. He's working out. He's meeting with us, or you know, he's he's in, he's he's hanging out with D Hop, you know, or they're eating lunch, whatever. But when he yeah. leaves facilities, that's his that's his own time. So that the whole the whole four hours homework deal is, you know, maybe I mean, could he have watched maybe does the staff maybe want him to watch a little bit more film on his own? Yeah, but I, I personally I don't think that's gonna be the difference in you know wins and losses for the Arizona Cardinals right. because he, we're we're doing so much with him on the field. Or excuse me, in the in the classroom when he's there, the extra four hours like obviously. Now, in the NFL, there's a saying, you know, more is more. So, obviously, the more you do watch, it probably could help you out. But in Kyle's case, just because I've been around him and I know that I've seen this dude work up close and personal, 
he like he is well locked in for games. Like he 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 knows yeah. what's going on. Like there's so many checks and protections that you have to be locked in on. Like there's so on third specifically on third down. So this is a little bit of like football IQ for you guys. On first and second down, as a as a coordinator, you can you can babysit or you can you know tr- you know have training wheels on your on on your quarterback on a Zach Wilson on a really young quarterback because you basically know what you're going to get on first and second down. On mm-hmm. third down, that is when the true playmakers and the quarterbacks make their money. That if you ever want to really know how good your quarterback is, whatever team you're looking, you're watching, even at the college level, it's on third down because that's when you're going to get a lot of you know pressure or different pressure packages. That's when the defense coordinator is obviously going to try and you know one up the offensive coordinator. And mainly, he's not trying to one up the, co- the coordinator because the coordinator's not playing. He's trying to trick trick the quarterback. That's obviously on the field. So third down is re- really when you can tell like, okay, what type of quarterback do you have? And for the most part, I mean, we were very good on third down, and Kyle would always make some. He would always put us get us in the right situation to be successful. Now it's up to the, the other the other ten players to do their job. But for the most part, Kyler yeah. is he's well aware of what's going on. Yeah, I think I think part of it too. I, there's a lot of teams that are signing these these older quarterbacks to these big extensions, and maybe just Kyler being as young as he is, and you know, just trying to lock him in for that money, just hoping that he can get his IQ to the level of those guys that might be a few years older. But really quick, Jordan, I, I wanted to bring up. I want to stay with young quarterbacks. Um, I want to bring up the 49ers, and obviously, you you know football and you know the pros um, as well as anybody. And obviously, they're moving on to Trey Lance. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts really quick, just based on like what you've heard so far and, and what Jimmy G did for that organization. And obviously he took them to a Super Bowl. He, they've been really competitive. They've, they've beaten a lot of really good teams and he's done some great things. They're moving on from him. Is Trey Lance one, is Trey Lance ready? Not, not in the sense of physically, obviously he can throw the football, he can run, he can move. Is he ready to lead a team? Is he ready to win with a team? Um, and more importantly, I guess, how do you think the 49ers personnel the team coaches, how do you think they will respond to moving on from Jimmy G? Cause obviously there's, you, there's some friendships, there's loyalty there. Um, so is, is he ready? Can he do it? And, and how do you think the team will respond to Jimmy G kind of just being shipped off and, and moving on? So obviously spending two years and going up against the 49ers four times for the last few years, I, I can definitely talk in depth on, in the, on this uh, question. Um, I know as an offensive staff, even as, as, as a staff entirely, I, I, we think um, extreme, extremely highly of you know, how the 49ers, from a coaching staff, I can't speak for analytics and GM and all that stuff, but at least how they, how they, how they do their business over there. Obviously, their coach uh, Shanahan is well-respected throughout uh, the, the, the NFL um, offices. Um, obviously, they have a system, and it's been working for a very long time. Um, I, I think – now, when we played Trey, Trey Lance, like when we played Trey Lance last year, um, he is a different dude. He is he's a young Cam Newton. Um, he's a big physical dude. Now we got last year, we had a lot of big defense defensive players on our defensive side of the ball. I mean, like the shirts like six four and plus. Like we Zayvon Collins is a six foot five middle linebacker. You know, Isaiah Sims is a six four, you know, whatever you want to call him. You know, we got J.J. Watt and we got Chandler Jones. So we have we have big guys on our defense side of the ball. And Trey Lance is, was – there's plenty of times he was looking at all those guys eye to eye. So he's a large human being. Um, I can tell you just from being in the quarterback's room at this level, the area where he needs to grow and grow fast um, is just, just purely throwing the football from my perspective. 
Um, I now Coach Shanahan is they they're going to do a very good job to to hide his deficiencies from just a mechanical standpoint. Now I'm not a quarterback guru, but just watching him literally from field level, watching him throw passes um, as a as a receiver. Um, I know Debo just got paid today. You know, no props to him, uh, but he doesn't yeah. throw a very uh, he he throws one type of ball in the rocket. And the one thing I would always I, I I forgot who I was standing next to, but he's going to be a problem once he learns how to throw a football. Now he can throw it, but it's just one speed all the time. And as a receiver, like whether it's a hitch or a goal or come, whatever the case is, like it's, it's it's always a bullet. Like it's a straight, just freaking boom. Like he's got to learn like to layer it out. He's got to learn just to, to, to touch it up a little bit. Um, but he is a big guy. The only thing I worry about is like he played one game, like he used to start versus us. If you guys want to go back and watch it, like on YouTube, like he played one game versus us last year. They ran the crap out of him. They, they, he probably had at least 15, I would say like 13 to 16, 18 touches of him just running football, not non scrambles. They ran the crap out of him and they had a bye week after that. And he, he was like down for a couple of weeks. Like I think he had a sprained knee or something. Um, so even though he is a big guy, like he can't in that system. I don't, I mean, I don't tell Coach Chan what to do, but I don't think he'll last. Um, like he, like, he's listening. I, so our, yeah, our, our guy was, like, our guys were tattooing him of him. He took some shots versus us. Um, and obviously the, the officials are going to, you know, protect the quarterback, but, but once you operate the line of scrimmage, like you're, you're free, you're a free runner or you're a free hitter. So, um, I do think coach Shanahan and the San Fran offense, more importantly, the run game, it's, I think that they have the best run game, um, in the league, just from a physicality standpoint, like they all off the linemen, they charge off the football. Um, it, it's really impressive to see, you know, them take the field, um, you know, whether it's the first drive or the last drive, you know what you're getting, you know, you better buckle up. Um, it's going to be a hard physical, like they probably have the most physical team in the division. It's not close. Defensively wise, you know, they're, they're pretty base and vanilla, uh, but offensively wise, you know what you're getting out of them. And a lot of people, a lot of teams, you know, they, they can't um, withstand that for four quarters, you know, maybe two, two and a half, three quarters. They, they can, they can they can stand pebbles once the fourth quarter comes and you know you got guys like Trent Williams and they had Alex Mack and you know guys coming off the football you know just downhill with their run game with their outside zone I mean like and then they had really good running backs too like with Raheem Moser um, you know they, they they were doing a really good job and obviously you got you got a guy like George Kittle who who's just as good as a blocker as he, as he is a receiver I mean their offense is extremely well put together um, as far as the Jimmy G thing I know defensively wise, we never feared Jimmy G. The thing was like, you feared coach Shanahan, you feel that, that, that their, their, their run game, you know, in different ways that they were going to, going to attack you. You never feared Jimmy G. I know for us, and it, it, this is the way it is around the league. You, you hope Jimmy G is throwing the football. You want him, you want the ball in his hands. You don't want the ball in coach Shanahan's hands. You want the ball in Jimmy G's hands. And yeah. you really saw that, you know, a lot, a lot of times in the playoffs, you know, when teams were basically, you know, you know, putting one guy, extra guy in the box and making Jimmy G have to make some throws down the field. Like, I think Jimmy G, you know, he's good in, in, in rhythm throws. Now, I don't know, know him personally, but just from watching him up close, you know, I, you could definitely win games with him. I mean, he has a, you know, I think he's, you know, maybe top three or top four of active quarterbacks from, from a winning percentage, you know, in a postseason. So that says a lot. Like, it's hard to get to the postseason, but if you could actually win games in postseason, you're going to always have a spot somewhere. I just think the thing that people – no one is really want is really trying to go after him because he is injury prone. And then like yep. the, if, if the game's on the line, he really hasn't shown that he can really put, put the game or go downfield, 
whether it's fourth quarter, two minute drill, end of game, you know, and be a savior for you. I think that's what's that's what scared people off. Besides the main the main in, the, the main injury bug that he's had basically every single year, he's always gotten hurt. You know, it's usually been his ankles. Um, but I I, I think if, if I'm a veteran player, um, and if I haven't gotten paid, uh, I'm probably I would probably want to stick with Jimmy G. But if I have already gotten paid, you know, let's see what the young guys got. And in the league, and I've learned this really earlier and often, everyone it's like you got you got to get your money when you can. You know, so everyone is like you, you want to win. And it, it, it is a team first league, but it's like, all right, I got my numbers need to be there. Then we can worry about the, the wins later because I got to feed my family. You know, wins aren't going to feed my family. My stats are going to feed my family, whether it's all for your defense. So obviously right. you, you need to win games, but like you, you got to make sure you get to your second contract, you get to your second contract. Then it's about, you know, wins and Super Bowls and all that stuff. Speaking, speaking of wins, um, before we move on to the AFC West, um, I don't know if you had time to think about this a little bit before, but we were just going to go around and kind of do our division NFC West prediction um, one through four. Um, do you have, you know, a team that's going to win the division and then, you know, second, third and fourth? Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> Put you in go with your spot. head, not your heart. Go with your yeah, head, yeah, not yeah. your heart. Put me in a tough spot now. I do <laughs> think Arizona's going to, going to, um, you know, be in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I mean, I have to go with uh, I have to go with LA. I mean, they if there's one team in the league that is you know well coached, other than San Fran, um, it's the LA Rams. I mean, Coach McVay, he he is he's a magician. I mean, he talking about just you know you can you can feel and obviously on 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 when you're watching it on TV, you can see when offensive coordinators are you know they're calling plays in the rhythm because everything is hitting. It's bang 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 bang. You know, for LA, like if they get if they get that first first down, it's almost like lights out because the play is already coming in, and they're not really the high tempo, you know, no huddle team, but the play's already going in. You know, they do a quick, you know, quick huddle. You know, they're they're really moving because they they always do a lot of eye candy, a lot of motions, a lot of quicks, you know, left and right, you know, to, to cause conflict with the linebackers, and then they snap the ball, and then guys are out of position with linebackers, and then then you're hitting. You know, um, Cooper Cup off a of play action into the flat, you know, or you're throwing an RPO off of an outside backer and you're throwing, throwing a Cooper Cup on, on, a, on a stick route. Or, you know, you get the defense sucked up and you, you're hitting the post ball to Van Jefferson or to OBJ. It's like, you know, they all, it seems like they're only running like you know, maybe three or four like concepts, but like they do a really good job of, very, you know, doing it out of different variations. Um, and that's all about, you know, Coach McVay. I mean, the guy, as soon as the guy got to LA, I mean, like, I don't they, they, they've either have won the division or been to playoffs or they've had double digit wins. I mean, he has all, I know he has the utmost respect on the offensive side from us, you know, definitely on the defensive side too, just how they do things over there. And obviously it worked out well because, you know, they traded for it. They went to the Super Bowl three years ago with, with golf. <clears throat> Excuse me. They pay him. And then from what we heard, you know, you know, uh, McVay just basically had enough of Jared. Um, and then he goes out and gets this guy. And that, that, I mean, that's a ballsy move. I mean, you <laughs> have you tell the owner, like, all right, like, you get me this guy, we're going to Super Bowl. And shit, it happened. And, and obviously, just how they, they do things over there is a little bit different. You know, they're, they're really aggressive, which every team wants to be aggressive, but there's just different levels to it. I mean, you know, we're sitting in the office, and then we, you know, we see on Instagram or, excuse me, on Twitter, you know, da 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 you know, Bob <laughs> Miller's getting traded to the Rams, and we're like, well, goddamn, like, like the salary – like, I, we all say the same thing, the salary cap, like – you know, how do they, how they afford all these players? Then the trade deadline comes out and like, 
you know, well, no, no, they, they release, you know, OBJ gets released. And we're like, there ain't no way he, like, I was talking to the assistant running back coach who's really close with OBJ. And OBJ was actually considered coming to us in Arizona. Um, but there was just literally, he, quote unquote, um, there was just a couple of things that, like, that just didn't work out. But he was considering us. Uh, but we were like, like, what if he goes to LA? And we're like, dang, he ain't going to LA. There's no way he can go to LA. They still don't have any money for him. Sure enough, like they like, it's like they find a way to do it. So it's like there's just different levels. His first touchdown, practice. his first touchdown for the Rams was against you guys, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was. Yeah, called a quick slant. Yeah, like it's yep. just like yeah, like what the hell? Like I mean, they go out and then though they get you know this. All, I mean, years back, I mean they got Jalen Ramsey. You know, then they yeah, obviously they, they get like a guy like Leonard Floyd. And you get um, you get Von Miller. Then you, you get OBJ. You know, well, and then in the offseason they go get Deshaun Jackson. Like they, like they are just oh, they're uber aggressive, and you know, there's there's something to be said about that because obviously when, when it works, it's great. But if it doesn't work now, you you, you got all these contracts, you got a front load, you got a back load, you got to figure out. But you know, I, I long story, I think the Rams um, will take the division. I do think uh, the Cardinals will be in second. I think it's going to be a close second. It's going to be between them and the 49ers. Um, you, you can never count out the 49ers, mainly because of how they do business over there on the offensive side of the ball and because their offense travels in the month of September and in the month of January. How the, it doesn't matter if you're playing indoors, outdoors, 90 degrees or in 10 degrees, as we saw last year in the playoffs up in Green Bay. If you're running the football, you know, if you're controlling the line you're of scrimmage, you, you, can, you can win games. I mean, and it, it could be pretty. I mean, if you don't need – we only need Jimmy Garoppolo to throw, throw the ball 10 times, but you're running for 200 yards. There's a good chance you may be able to win that game as long as your defense is getting stops when it needs to. So I think it's definitely going to be a toss between them and the Cardinals. I'm going to give it to the Cardinals because I do think there's going to be some growing pains early with Trey Lance throwing the football. I, I think they're going to really babysit him early on because I don't. I, I just don't think he's going to be able to make enough throws um next or this season to to really win a lot of football games out of stretch and I think Seahawks are in a rebuild mode um I I mean I know they're 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 starting quarterbacks but you know Gino and and Drew Locke you know they're good guys but like if you do not have a quarterback you do not have a chance like I know like you have you have a top 10 defense and you run a game to be on but at the end of the day I've seen it like I've seen last two years us having Kyle and then the other team having like, you know, some, some just not top 10, maybe having a 15 to 20 quarterback that that's a huge difference because at the end of the day, you're going to need your quarterback to make five to 10 throws in a game, whether it's on third down or more importantly in the red zone to score touchdowns. And if you don't have a guy that can do that, you're kicking field goals while, while, you know, Kyle Murray is, you know, scrambling around, scooting around and, you know, and we're, we're scoring touchdowns. So. You know, I, I just don't think they have enough firepower. I know they got they got some good receivers in DK and Lockett, but you got if you don't have a quarterback, like it, you haven't lost the game, but you're 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 already like you know down ten points. It's it's really that yeah. simple in this league. Yeah, I'll I'll start with you know I'll go off of that because we actually have the same one. I think for me, kind of what you said, but the Niners, um, I could see being in second, but I could also see them kind of finishing. Um, you know, first as well, I obviously a lot depends on Lance, like you're, like you said, um, but the Niners are just one of those teams where they still have a really good defense. Um, like you said, they can kind of play anywhere or any style, you know, against any style. Um, so I think that was tough for me, but I do have it Rams, Cardinals, Niners, and Seahawks. Um, Pinto, do, do you have anything different there? I have Rams one. I have 
the 49ers and the Cardinals ending with the same record. Yeah. Both wild card teams. Yeah. But the 49ers win the tiebreaker, even if they split in, even I'll even give a split in the regular season and whatever (laughs) the second and whatever the second tiebreaker is, the 49ers win it and they, and they end up one spot ahead of them. And then, and then Seattle last. Yep. And then, and then for me, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Go ahead, man. You're the guest. I don't think I'm worried about with the Arizona. Like they, I mean, last year I thought we were actually pretty good with depth. Um, I know like some, some national media were saying like, we didn't have, we were top heavy. I'm like, no, we just lost the best receiver in in the league and Diop and JJ Watt went down. You lose those two. I don't care what depth you have. Like you're not going to be able to replace them, but I, I don't think the depth is as deep as it was last year. So if, if, if a couple guys do go down, um, I do think uh, it could it's, – it's like the defense, and I love the defense. Like the, the, and I, I talk – I literally talk to the staff like every, like every couple, a couple of days to see how things are going. Um, the defense, like – got be careful what I say here, but there's a high <laughs> – there's a high percentage of the salary cap that's been allocated towards the offense. Um, so the defense is already kind of under – you know, already playing behind the sticks – you know, so to speak. Um, so they're, they're already counting on a lot of young players to really step up um, because most of the offense, uh, most of the money is on the offense, you know, with Zach Ertz and James Conner and obviously Kyler and Rodney Hudson and D-Hop. Um, that, that's a, there's a, DJ Humphreys, a left tackle, rightfully so. I mean, you got to score points in order to win games. So that means obviously on the opposite side of the ball, there's not a lot of money, which means there's not a lot of talent. Um, so they're, they're really counting on a lot of young guys to step up and step up really big. So um it could be a couple of, it could be some growing pains early on, but it's going to be interesting. You know, if, if a couple, like if James, like I, I love James, he's a great guy. He's really a football player. I, I just hope he can stay healthy for all 16 games. If he can stay healthy for 16 games and Arizona Cardinals will, they'll, they'll be in contention, but his, 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 it's not his running style. His play style is so physical and he's a large, he's a very tall human being. So there's a lot of surface area for defenders to strike him, strike him. Um, you know, I, I hope he can get, you know, 12 to 14 games in, but it, it's going to be tough. That's why last year with him, we had him and Chase Evans. Chase Evans is a very underrated football player. Um, I think he's the best third down back in the league. You know, they complemented each other so well. Um, that's that's another reason why we were just so balanced last year. We were 8-0 or whatever, but it, the injuries are going to be a much of a bigger factor this year for, for Arizona than they were um, last year. Yeah. And then real, I'll, I'll just round it off really quick. We all have the same, uh, actually, no, sorry. You said Pinto, you said San Francisco had, I, I have the Rams. I think aside from the Patriots, they're, they're the best coach team in football. Um, as Jordan mentioned, you know, McVay is an absolute wizard. You can ask him, you know, what he called in a high school football game 15 years ago, and he'll give you the, the exact play time, date, the weather, all that stuff. Um, I have the Cardinals, uh, taking second place there. I think, um, I think they put it together. You know, I think Kyler's coming into his own. He just got paid. He's going to be comfortable. He's going to be buzzing. He's going to be feeling good. And I think that team wins some games, but they're not quite uh, the level of the Rams. And then San Francisco, as Jordan mentioned as well, I think I think there's going to be growing pains with Trey. I think uh, there's going to be a bit of a fall off from just a natural quarterback standpoint. Um, I think they're going to be very, very dangerous moving the ball um, in their run game. And, and there's going to be a lot of new options, um, you know, to get him out of the pocket and stuff like that. I just don't see them finishing ahead of the Rams and the Cardinals. And then Seattle's just an absolute dumpster fire. So I, I don't think they do much this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be actual bad for this. Well, I'm, I'm not an Arizona you know, Cardinals fan. So um, I'm a fan of the staff, but like, 
I do know like the Seattle fan base and they're like, I hear they're pretty cocky. So like, they're going to get a real big taste of uh, just mediocrity this year. Just uh, it's going to be a long season, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, look at Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they went to the freaking Super Bowl, but just looking on paper, I mean, they, it looks like it could be a long year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe coach Carroll's last year coaching because of, you know, the direction that they're going to probably want to go in. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to the AFC now and um, Hoagie, I'm going to ask you, so pretty much the last four years, it's pretty much been the Chiefs and everyone else. And if you even go back to the Alex Smith years, they won two division titles before that. So they've got six straight division titles under their belt. Is it still the Chiefs division and we shouldn't take anyone else seriously until we see it? Or do you think there's some real threat from any of the three teams this year to dethrone them and win the division. I still have the chiefs winning the division, but do you think it's a lock? I still have the chiefs winning the division, but I differ on number two, everybody. Now I think Josh Herbert is he's Josh Allen, you know, 1.8, you know, he's not 2.0, but he's, mm -hmm. he's very close. I, I, no one is sleeping. On, everyone is sleeping on this team, but, I, I think they're going to take a next step. They're going to take another step because of all the, like we talked about the staff, but they, this team went through a lot last year. They lost their head coach due to a scandal, which was, you know, whatever with emails. They had two guys get arrested, you know, you know, with, you know, guy, uh, I think he, you know, might have, you know, you know, driving, you know, whatever, hundred miles over the speed limit, you know, uh, injuring, you know, a passenger and, you know, Henry Ruggs and then the cornerback and Armand, you know, they drafted high, you know, like, and they had an interim head coach, and whatever he did, he got that team to the playoffs. And they almost, you know, it's hard to get into the playoffs, as I've already mentioned before. For them to go on the road in a hostile environment, any NFL stadium on the road is a hostile environment, especially when you talk about playoffs. Go on the road and almost have a shot at winning that football game. And that's a big deal to me. Um, I I wouldn't say I'm a necessarily believer in Derek Carr. I do think he's a – I think he's like – I would have him as like 11 or 12 as far as my top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, but I think you can win. I think you can win the Super Bowl with him, not because of him, but because of the weapons he has. Um, I don't think a lot of uh, people have been putting a, or giving a lot of attention to him. Having you need to have two stud defenders at least at the in, the, in your front seven. You got Max Crosby, you got Chandler Jones. Um, I think everyone's talking about Bosa and and Khalil Mack, um, but I think more attention needs to be paid to. Um, uh, Crosby and, and Jones, but the the big the you cannot have adding Devontae Adams is, I mean that's icing on the cake. I mean they had obviously they, they still have Hunter Renfro. They have the number one, the top two or top three tight end in Darren Waller. Um, you know I don't know who their other receivers are, but when you had a guy like Devontae Adams, he just opens up the offense for everyone. You still have a very good running back in Josh Jacobs from out of Alabama. You still have Kenyon Drake over there. Um, I don't know how good their offensive line is, but I just – I don't know. One's, no one's talking a lot about this team, but I, and I don't know Josh, Josh McDaniels from, you know, from anyone. Um, but I got to think when you get your second go around and then obviously you, you know, spending you know, the last six or seven years in New England, you know, getting a couple Super Bowl rings. Because obviously everyone that leaves New England to get a head coaching job, they, they go off and they, they, they do terrible because they try to – run it like they're Bill Belichick and they, they pretty much run everybody into the ground um, from my resources and from what coaches we talk about in our locker room. 
And then they realize, like, wow, I'm not Bill Belichick. I don't have the same, you know, authority over players in the locker room to to, to bark at them, which well, that's what happens in New England. But obviously, Bill's got the ring, so he can do whatever he wants. But if you're Matt Patricia or if you're one of these other ex-Bill check, you know, coaches. Joe coach, Judge. Yeah, you can't do that stuff yeah. because the players just going to look at you sideways. Like, you don't have those rings. Like, you have a ring, but they're not because of you. They're because of Tom Brady and they're because of Bill Belichick. And that's a whole other topic. Um, but I got to think there's – I'm giving Josh benefit of the doubt. Okay. He went back home. Okay. He left house. Like he went off to college, did some stupid stuff, went back home, matured, got his, got his life right. Now he's getting a second hmm. chance. I mean, I, and I think Dallas, I think the Las Vegas Raiders did a really nice job in free agency. I think they did a really good job in the draft. Um, I mean, obviously the GM and a lot of, they got a lot of personnel people from the new England, new England, um, you know, organization. I just think they're going to be the second team, the, uh, they're going to finish second. And then I, I got the Chargers as number three. And then I think it's a toss between the Chargers and the Broncos. I do think it's going to be the toughest division. I could see every team finishing above 500 or being yep. fourth, fourth place, you know, being what, eight and nine? Eight, um, nine, nine, I, and eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love Russell. I think, I, I mean, talking about drooling over someone throwing football, like, I mean, he just does everything the right way. Like, if, like, everyone wishes like Kyler or, you know, Kyler was kind of like Russell from a, leadership and maturity standpoint like he is kind of goofy and kind of corny like i've seen him up close like he does do everything like like so picture perfect like just going through his you know his um his progressions and things like that just sometimes he is a little bit extra but that's who he is and obviously it works for him and obviously he's a winner i do think there's going to be a little bit of a you know maturation process if that's the right word you know you know new new system new head coach so they're going to have to get on the same page a little bit but i, I i'm I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I believe in more importantly, Andy Reid. Um, I believe in what they – I mean, we – not only say we copy, but we would watch the Chiefs, you know, their game every single Sunday to see what plays worked, and we would always try to, you know, emulate some of the things that they did. I mean, everyone is a big fan of Andy Reid, what he does, but I'm a big believer in the Vegas Raiders. Like, I, I they would – they are my sleeper Super Bowl pick. I'm, I'm, I just think Devontae Adams is going to open up that offense so much. Hunter Reference is going to go off. Their wall is going to go off. Their car is going to throw for 5,000 yards. Um, you know, when you give a quarterback a number, a top three talent, his game's going to go to the next level. Look at, you know, my first year we had, you know, Kyle's first year he was throwing to a bunch of, you know, I don't want to disrespect the guys, but he was throwing to a bunch of niners. You know, Fitz was past his prime. You know, his second year he gets D-hop, and, you know, D-hop's a pro bowl and Kyle's a pro bowl. Josh Allen, you, you know, his first two years he was throwing to some okay guys, Josh Brown, Cole Beasley. All right, you go out and get Stephon Dix. All right, then now look at it. You know, you got to get these guys, you know, give them a, a guy to throw to, give them a, a, a guy that can win one-on-one battles, and let's, let's see what can happen. So I think – I think Devon, well, Devontae Hampton is number one receiver in the league. That's not enough for debate. But you give him that, I think that he's easily worth two, two or three wins, him alone. So I got the Raiders number two. So – this one was tough for me, just which I'm sure it was, as you said, Hogan, for you. Um, for me, I have the Chargers one. Um, yeah. I do think they're – I do think this is the year where they actually – they're not just all hype. They're actually put it together. Um, we'll see. They've, they've had seasons like this before where it seems like they're really good on paper and then they, you know, don't even make the playoffs. Um, I have the Chiefs at two. That would be the one team that would surprise me, I think. Kind of what you said, but – if they weren't, if they were in last place, that would surprise me. Everything else that would happen with this division, nothing would really surprise me because I think, you know, all these teams are good enough to win it all. Um, oh, all good. I have yeah. 
I have the Broncos at three and the Raiders at four. But again, I I could definitely see the Raiders being, you know, first in this division or at least definitely making the playoffs. So I feel like this was hard. Um, I do know someone said the other day, I think it was maybe NFL Network. Um, I forget who mentioned this, but they said that they're, you know, with the way the playoffs are, you know, all four teams could make the playoffs. Um, so that would be pretty interesting. I know the AFC is tough, so it's not a it's not like these four teams are definitely the best you know obviously the bills in there a lot of other good teams but that is interesting if if something like that were to happen and uh so i have i have the raiders winning the division actually and for a lot of the reasons that you talked about hoagie i just think i think they're ready to take that leap i think there's no distractions this year um aside from devonta adams maybe calling uh Derek Carr, uh, a yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback, but but other than that, I think yeah, I think State Hall of Fame. That's probably what he meant. Fresno yeah, State yeah, Hall. that's what he meant, right? But <laughs> I just think I think this team is they're they're built they're built the right way to win games right now. I think defensively they can pressure the quarterback, um, and and that's the that's the key I think to a good defense is getting pressure on the quarterback. I think um, Derek Carr. I mean, he he's had his ups and downs as a quarterback, but I think this year, like you talked about, that offense is going to be so open. You have Josh Jacobs carrying the ball. You got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro, who, I mean, who expect, I mean, he was good. He was a good collegiate football player, but to come into the NFL and run these routes and just make people look silly and do what he's doing. I, I didn't expect it. Um, and then, and then Devonta Adams, just those, those three guys are going to, they're going to be tough to, to guard all those guys at once. So I have them winning the division. Um, the chiefs are the chiefs. It doesn't really matter. I mean, Tyree Kill, obviously, he's a big piece of that offense, and he's gone now. But I think once you've established that winning culture, um, I think it's it's tough. Just one player leaves. I don't, I don't think it, that much is going to change. I think they're still the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think they take second place. And the Chargers, Max, I agree with you. I, they could win the division. Um, they really, really could. They're so talented. I think Justin Herbert, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Um, he, he's he's just a gamer, I think. Like, he he – He's big, he's fast, he's strong, he's brave. Just his rookie season, he, he was phenomenal. So um, I just think that team, like I talked about, that winning culture, they're not the Chiefs, right? They haven't really done much to prove themselves, and I just feel like the Raiders are better. I think the Chiefs will find a way, and the Chargers just aren't there yet um, with that winning culture. And then um, Russell Wilson, unbelievable player, Great quarterback. I just think it's the division's too good. And unfortunately, he went from Seattle from that division to, um, you know, the AFC West in another really tough division. So I have them in fourth. Yeah, and you mentioned there's something there's something to be said about you know winning and tradition and more importantly culture. And I mean, Pencil, you mentioned in, in the beginning, you know, you know the the Chiefs, you know, having been being on a six or seven you know year division, you six know, straight divisions. Yeah, that. That is, I mean, it's not as bad as you know, the, the ones the Patriots were on from like right. 2000 to 2020, whatever case is. 19 um, out of 20. Yeah. It, like that, that now these are professional athletes. Like they, these guys, I mean, they're professional athletes physically and they're also professional athletes mentally and psychologically too. So they don't like hear the same noise as, you know, that's out there on ESPN and, you know, NFL Network and even the little stats that, you know, like this team has won this and, you know, the five out of the last seven years, you know, they put up this amount of points. Like, players at this level, I will give them that. Like, I mean, these players are – they're obviously the cream of the crop athletes in the world, but, like, up here, like, they don't pay attention to that, to that noise. But once the game is going, okay, it's getting third quarter, 
the game's tight. All right, we okay. Now you start to realize, like, okay, we may actually have a shot at beating this team, or it's getting close. That's when like tension starts to set in. And and if you're a team like the Chiefs, you kind of have that arrogance of like they're, they're like we don't have to do anything. They're going to do something, screw it up. Like and that's when you, you see yeah. all, like the crazy things, like you know a botch snap or a false start. Right. I think driving. I think that's like, kind of like how that. they felt a little bit against the Bengals last year, and it came back to bite them. Yeah. That that's that's why I still have the Chiefs going number one because they they I don't think they're gonna go undefeated in this division, but like I, I know at least from what I've heard, uh, Kansas City is probably the hardest place to play at in all of the NFL. You know, there's obviously some great home venues, you know, Lambeau and the Bill Stadium and some other Seattle. places probably forget. Yes, yeah, Seattle. Seattle does get loud. Um, but from what I've heard, like Kansas City, you know, whether it's you no know, Week one or in the playoffs, like that place is like it's the toughest the year. It's the toughest to operate. Um, and then just like the pressure of just like okay, like we're here, like we got a chance to win it. Can we actually execute, follow through, and, and get it done? So I think they have. The, I think once the game is played, I think they have a psychological, you know, kind of just stranglehold on that division. Yeah, because you know, like okay, like you know, Patrick Mahomes, like, and then here's the thing, like as a coordinator, offensive defense. Once you get to the fourth quarter, it's four minutes left into one score game. Now you got to start to think about like how much time. I mean, the whole Bills, you know, 13 seconds deal. But like right, if right. you're a regular quarterback or a regular coordinator, you got to think about, okay, like how much time is left? How, like, do we want to score now? Like, you know, because you don't want, you never want Patrick Mahomes to have the ball left. Like, I think that's been proven. Like, there's like two quarterbacks in the league, like, you don't want to have the ball left. It's like him and Tom Brady. Like, like I know Josh did it, you know, once, but like, these guys are proven like they get the ball as like you're, you're they're gonna win the football game. So that 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 on top of like them just having the stranglehold on the division, that that's another thing that like that that kind of gets at, at the coaches too, like just from a psychological standpoint, like shit, like all right, we just scored, you know, we're up by like whatever, four or five. There's 50 seconds left, no timeouts. You know, you're feeling pretty good, but they got Patrick Mahomes and he can just, you know, just flick it down the field for 40 yards and they're already in field goal range, whatever the case is. So right. um, that, that that's always something to uh, to always think about too. Like I I, I don't know I I saw Patrick Mahomes in preseason last year. I think we had a national televised game and we all, we only saw him for like two two quarter two series, and you could definitely tell he didn't want to be out there. Um, but he was when he was out there. It was like, oh shit! Like okay, like this dude is like he he moves like you know we probably do right now playing doing our hoops like we probably can't move but like. <laughs> like he may he he moves enough to be able to create space and to to, to throw a pretty football and he, he's just a winner you know it's, it's crazy yeah. he really is a winner in college but that's what happens when you get to a, a program and a, and a system in the league like they, they say like more quarterbacks are, are broken than made and you know fortunate it's, it's usually you know the word you say is unfortunate but in this case it's fortunate for Patrick that he landed with first Alex Smith I think right. that's something that right you missed that that that's really key as a rookie you had a good veteran in the room that isn't cocky that didn't really you know throw off the uh, close the door and being a mentor and then obviously you got a guy like Andy Reid so I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes I have a lot of Patrick Mahomes stories from being around Coach Kingsbury so he he has nothing but glowing things to say about uh, Patrick we'll have to have you we'll have you back on and maybe we can talk a little uh Chiefs stuff and Patrick Mahomes stories Coach Kingsbury he's been I mean he's coached a lot of quarterbacks I mean people forget that he was no he got he really got his got going obviously past his playing time, but with Houston and then um as office coordinator in, in Texas AM. So right. like with you no know, Johnny Manziel. 
So he's got a lot of stories about like Johnny that were, yeah, well, it's like when he tells the stories, you know, it's like, huh, well, it makes sense why he didn't pan out in the league. So, right, right, stuff right. like that. So, that sounds might like not, an episode in itself, right? right some, there. some stories that might not be suitable for this family friendly podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe we maybe we should just go on a private uh private <laughs> Zoom call and you can tell us about him. Oh man, Coach, Coach he's an awesome guy. He's I, I learned a lot just watching him. He loved he he loves like football. He loves coaching quarterbacks. He loves offense. Like he's a nut. He all he wants to do is work out and, and coach work out, watch film, and you know win football games. So um, Jordan, can I better. can I say something? So the way that you just talked about King, uh, Kings player, like I I just think the way that you're answering all these, these questions and the way that you're so like, you're just absolutely buzzing to talk football. Um, number one, like, thank you so much for coming on and like giving us all this, this info and, and responding the way that you did and really taking the time. But like, you're, you know, so much about the game and I can tell you're really passionate about it. And I really think that you're going to make it very far. So boys, I don't know if you feel the same way, but just the way that he was responding just so much, so detailed and, and you can, I can tell like this whole time, obviously our viewers aren't going to, or our listeners aren't going to be able to see you, but you've just right. been smiling. You've been buzzing. You've been really, really enjoying yourself. I think from the see, looks yeah, of it. Yeah, so. I, I haven't done this in a while, especially talking, you know, I've been, I literally been on break for like a month and a half. I mean, I've been back and forth between Colgate, you know, we got, I'm, I'm in my new house right now. So uh, I'm, I'm just like, cause obviously the NFL has been going on for about a week now. So like I'm the last few years, I've been like, I've been heavy NFL training camp. You know, I've been in the, I've been in the grinder, you know, so now our, you know, the college grind starts you know, tomorrow for us. So like, I'm, I'm ready to get going. I'm ready to coach again. I'm ready to just, you know, I have a lot of information and hopefully it turns out into wins. And then, you know, when the off season hits, I'm going to be, you know, uh, I love Colgate, but if I if I can get back in the league, that's that's yeah, that's that's the that's the golden ticket for us in the, in this profession. Yeah, Mike, see, you're just saying this now. I knew this when I interviewed Jordan the first time twelve years ago when I was here. Freshman. We go. I was a freshman, so I knew this twelve years ago. So and, Kobe, and rumor is, has it this is this is no secret to me. <laughs> rumor has it, Pinto, and I don't know, Jordan. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pinto is your second favorite. Radio broadcaster from Brockport, right? Oh, second favorite. <laughs> he, you know what? Hogan, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you remember who did it the year before me? Oh, the year before you. Oh, so he's, I, uh, I guess one grade above you because you're one year older than me. Yeah, so he's 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 one year above you. He's actually from your turf. Your uh, your turf. I mean, I I know like uh, out the Buffalo not, way. It's not back Bragman, right? No, he was in your grade. This guy was yeah. one year older. I'll tell you what, Pinto has been talking about this last week. He's like, we got to ask him who his favorite broadcaster was. We got to ask him who. I definitely have the most connection, the most uh, interviews. With Pinto. I mean, Pinto interviewed me when I was at Buff State when he came over and did the Brockport Buff State game. That's right. That's right. That's a good call. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I can't, like, who was doing the game? I mean, you've done, how, how many games did you call? Like, over 80? Uh, just about, probably. Yeah. I did. I did play-by-play your junior and senior year. Freshman year, I was sidelined, but doing play-by-play that year was Gary Ephemis. Oh, yeah. Who was from uh, Lancaster High School. Correct. Correct, correct. Wow. And and Jordan, I I did want to mention something quick that actually popped in my head um, when you were talking earlier. But before we let you go, I know you got camp in the morning, but – so there was, I don't know if Pinto or Mike, if you guys have seen this, but I was watching uh, Good Morning Football 
Um, I think it was last year and Peter Schrager, um, oh, yeah. most of you guys probably know. So there's a segment, I forget what the segment was, but he just, um, starts showing film from a Cardinals game. I, you probably know this, but I don't um, remember which game, but he Vikings, literally Minnesota talks Vikings. about, yeah. <laughs> so he talks about a assistant coach running down the sideline. Um, and like it, I, again, I forget what the segment was. But it was just highlighting, uh, I don't know, maybe someone going Rondo, to extra Rondo effort Moore. or something. Rondo Moore. Yeah. <laughs> so I just remember being like, wait, I think that's like, I was telling my wife, I was like, I think that's Jordan Hogan. Like, that's who we went <laughs> to school with. And it was just crazy because he mentioned your name and like, it, you just don't expect that. Obviously, you know, I don't know a lot of people coaching the NFL, playing in the NFL, like anything like that. So it was just pretty cool. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was pretty, pretty awesome to see. I, I, I saw it and. I was like, I wasn't the butt of the joke, but I got, I got my, I got ringed around a little bit. Just so actually like in the NFL, like as a coach, like you actually like don't want to show too much, like in most, like I'm still like, a uh, okay. guy, so like you don't really want to Now it wasn't like, Hey, like, don't, don't do that ever again. But it's just like, right, right. Oh, we got superstar over here. Like don't ever get a long touch. Like he's going to like, they were like, just kind of give me one up, but it was funny. Like our, so we were, we were at practice and our director of communications, he came over to me and he goes, Hey Jordan, just let you know you're about to you're about to blow up on Twitter. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, I'm I'm at practice. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I, I get back. I after practice, I gotta run and do and you know, and do some stuff, you know, for you know, uh, practice data. And um Twitter's just blowing up, phone's blowing up, and I didn't have time to like know what was going on. And like an hour after practice, I see the bit and I'm like, oh man, like this. It could, so it was uh, it was on one of Kyler, you know, crazy, you know, miraculous, you know, throws, no scramble drills and throws. It's kind of like the uh, the Hail Mary through against Buffalo. You know, he boots out towards his left, finds Rondell Moore. It's, it's an end of the half uh, deal on the sideline. I'm like, he catches the ball like kind of like right near me. Um, and I do the, the Cardinal sin, which I, I found out that you don't do. is like you can celebrate, but at this level, like it's a really pet peeve for most coaches like, when you point the way that the ball here is supposed to run. So like, of course, like, it's like I'm pointing towards the end zone. Like, like, I'm, I'm, sure, like, I'm pointing towards the end one. It's like, everyone's like, well, Jordan, no shit. Like which way? <laughs> That's like a pet piece of like co- coaches. Like, it's really like, like you can celebrate, but like, like don't tell it. Like, it's just like, don't point the way you're supposed to go like that. That's cool. So, but like, yeah, like when you scored and like, yeah, I, I, I was moving pretty fast, but like everybody was texting me like, yo, man, Peter Schrager gave you a shout out. And then I actually, I, I DM Peter um, later that day just to tell him thank you for the, for the shout out. Like, I'm like, and he's, he goes, no, Cliff raves about you. He loves you a lot. And then, you know, um, Peter That's gave me cool. a number. Um, I actually just texted him the other day just to, uh, to say, hey, you know, told him I was you know, a big fan of the, of the show and hopefully they were having a good, uh, training camp because they're all covering all the training camp so yeah every once in a while shoot them a text uh, but yeah that was that was uh that blew up even like now that i'm back you know a lot of people ask me about that i'm like well you know it was cool but hopefully i have some more some more um, opportunities to, to get on tv like that so but yeah, yeah. that was, that was Amen, a cool man. story yeah that, that i was That's awesome. my, my wife my wife like like my wife blew it up on facebook too like it, it was it was a big deal i was like good lord like and the thing was, I couldn't like bask in the moment because like I wanted to like like wow, like, this is really happening. But I'm like, I got so much stuff I got to do. Like we got to get ready for we're playing Jacksonville. Like I got to get ready for our next game. Like I don't have time to even retweet or no, you didn't. Stuff. It was Jacksonville. You didn't have to get ready. 
but we were sleepwalking both through the first half and hey, second. Man, half. You yeah. never know. Any given it's Sunday. It's still football. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But but yeah, let's go. The Jacksonville beat the Bills last year, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we, were, well, we were sleep. We were sleepwalking through the first half of the game. The second half, we like, you know, we got a shot it out. Turned it on. Turned it up. We got we we turned it on the fourth quarter, and it was a really. It was. It's always fun winning on the road in the league. It's 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 to go into someone's house like it's. It's a tough place to play at any stadium, but like just to go on the road and win, it's it's real. That's that's one of the best feelings in the world. It, it really is. It's 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 amazing. But that could be a topic for another day. I was gonna say, yeah, I think I'm definitely I think thinking we need to have you on. Uh, we'll have to have you on again once things quiet down a little bit for you. I mean, obviously, with the kid on the way, second kid on the way, you'll be pretty busy, you know, for a while. But maybe we can get you on, you know, even if it's in the off season sometime, and we can yeah, like definitely talk some more preview. football. Midway through the season or so, because I mean, now in college, like, our season basically ends uh, after Thanksgiving. True, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Actually, uh, I, I want Hoagie on back again because Hoagie's a Mets fan, and Jacob Degrom's pitching on oh, Tuesday. God. How so do we always we do this? Last... It's always hey, always has to mention him. My man's a Mets fan. My I man's a Mets fan. Don't. Because we we won I, last time I checked, we were up three. It was a three zero lead over the, the Braves. I don't know if the Braves lost today. That would I was the Braves won one nothing on a walk off double in the ninth inning. Okay, Austin so still Riley. three. Austin Riley. So still, so, three, still games. three games. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried, but I am worried because obviously, you know, <laughs> they know like it's. I, I'm not worried, but hey, know. if someone told you before the season all this oh, way into all this August first, you're three games up with no Degrom. Oh, I feel like I feel like I should have a button on my laptop with that same audio and just press play, Pinto, because you say the same thing every week. We're just gonna have Mark press a button, and for our next Mets segment of the week, Pinto, and he's gonna press a button. It's gonna be the same thing. I mean, we just swept the Yankees. I mean, and the thing I love about love about is that okay, like yeah, all right, your your big bad boy Judge, who's freaking hitting you know dingers out of you know. Ballparks are only 250 feet. All right, we do we do need to have him back on. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Firing us up. Home runs. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, Mike, I think Pinto's just happy to have you know an even you know number. Of, now we got two on two with the Mets. No, Mark's Yankees, Mark's but, a Mets fan. We'll talk, not, you know, we'll see how this season shakes out. But, uh, Jordan, we got to, you know, we're running up against it. But we really yeah. appreciate you taking the time. We know, obviously, you're pretty busy right now. But, uh, you know, all this information, you know, it's great just hearing from a coach, you know, someone like you to just share all this information with us. It's awesome. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, anytime. You guys know, obviously, I want to help out any – Anything and anybody Brockport. So if you guys ever need anything, just shoot me a text, give me a holler, and I'll do my best to, to comply. Awesome. That's the Thanks eagle a lot, right Jordan. There. All right, guys. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Hulk. You too. Thanks, Hulk. Yep. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lost a Step podcast. Again, a big thanks to Jordan Hogan for coming on and uh, giving us a lot of his time. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Hogs. That's Coach H-O-A-G-S. Uh, so we obviously thank him, guys. He was great. I mean, talk about a knowledgeable football mind. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. I just like just want to like go to like dinner with them and just like pick his brain on everything. Like, yeah, geez, I'll tell so you much. what I want to hear. I want to hear a little bit more about Johnny Menzel. If I'm being oh, honest, oh yeah, with you. I definitely oh, yeah. want to hear a little we'll bit take more. Take that off air, what, I guess. With, with, with right, yeah, well, with Coach Hogs. We'll see. Um, 
Well, uh, we are going to finish tonight's episode with our uh, lost a step. And we're going to stick with football. And we're going to stick with the team that we mentioned somewhat in our in our interview um, with Jordan. And that's the Buffalo Bills. And someone might think, well, why are the Buffalo Bills lost a step? They're AFC East favorites. They're Super Bowl contenders. They have a loaded roster. Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, no, we're going to put them on this week because of their fight at training camp yesterday. Um, Josh Allen getting into it with his offensive lineman, um, little fight ensuing. Now look, fights happen, training camp practices all the time. And a lot of them turn out to be nothing, but guys, I'm just going to tell you this with the way that the season ended last year for the Bills and all the crying that the Bills fan base, a fan base I respect dearly, all the crying that they did about that we need to change overtime rules because they couldn't get a stop in 13 seconds. After all that happened, you would think that they would want to get off this season on the right foot, be buttoned up, and be like, look, last year we should have – at the very least, been going to the Super Bowl. If they host that AFC championship game, you probably think they beat Cincinnati. Can't guarantee it, but you probably think it. Then who knows what happens against the Rams. So from their perspective, right, I'm thinking, you know, we messed up last year. We have to be even better this year. No distractions, no nonsense. This is us this year. The last thing we need is Josh Allen, our our. 40-whatever-million-dollar quarterback scuffling with the offensive line. I know I'm sounding ridiculous here, but God forbid if he gets hurt in a skirmish, could you imagine the, that's the where, backlash that would happen? Could you imagine? Not well, that's where I That's where I am because I feel like fights happen in training camp. It's bound to happen, but yes. I think that's what, what you just said. Like, if Josh Allen, like, shoves, say, like, yeah. a face mask and, like, right. breaks his wrist, you know, right. something crazy, like, that's a seat that, as, you know, Jordan said, like, Without Josh Allen, Bills yeah. probably aren't doing anything. So, right. like, you got to be careful with your quarterback. I realize fights are going to happen, but, like, Josh Allen's got to be – think about the long term there and make sure he's, you know, upright. <laughs> Who is the Bills' backup? Am I crazy? Am I crazy, Pinto? Hold on. Are we, you said you said offensive lineman. Wasn't it the wasn't it a defensive tackle? Yeah, it was, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, so said I, offensive. That, so, I, I said offensive. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I Very apologize. Good. Thank you yeah, for correcting so, me. Thank you. And, and and I agree with Max. Like, well, first of all, I think the reason I I might be crazy. I understand that Josh Allen is, you know, he's on a pedestal. He's, you know, got the red Case jersey Keenum. on for a reason. Case Keenum is the backup, by the way. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's not a good look. It's definitely not a good look. I think Josh Allen may have overreacted a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but he's running yeah, after QB sneak up the yeah, middle and, and the whistle blows yeah. and he, he gets bumped and then he turns around and throws his hand into the guy's face mask and it it pops off two things i want to say when the giants were fighting a little bit during their training camp it's a different dynamic of a team and to me that shows that they're fighting for for roster spots they're fighting to compete and they're trying to be a competitive team when the bills are doing it like you said pinto i think it's it's a little bit maybe some frustration um and and things boiling over from last year and i i think I think it's not a good look for a team like that. I don't think you see that happening with, you know, the Patriots who are a well, like this coach team. You don't see that happening really with the Rams. Like you don't hear about it. I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time, guys. It's a physical sport. Um, 
tensions. And there's guys, you know, trying. Yeah, exactly. But the second point I want to make, the second point I want to make, the fastest way to become the most hated player in that organization and probably cut or something of that matter is to hit your $250 million quarterback after the whistle on the third day of camp or whatever day it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're thinking. That whistle blows. You don't bump the guy. Cause like Max said, something stupid could happen. What if he takes the wrong step? His stud gets stuck in the grass. He tears his ACL, something dumb. He breaks his ankle either way. So they lost a step. They got to get it together. Yeah, um, not a good look because McDermott's a good coach. It is what it is. It's football. It's going to happen, but not. Right. It shouldn't be not your like quarterback. This never happens, but I, I didn't. It, sh- it shouldn't be the quarterback. It should be in the trenches with linemen. It was. It was not a good look for the team that has the Rams on opening night. Yeah, yeah, not a good look. You know, if you got the Jaguars week one at home, okay. Well, I shouldn't even say well, they yeah, lost, don't the, Jacks. say, don't they say lost the Jacksonville last year. Maybe the Texans, Falcons, whoever we want to say is going to be the worst team this year. But you got the Rams week one on the road, watching them get their Super Bowl rings that you thought could have been yours. You got to be buttoned yep. up, man. You got to be buttoned up. I need better. You want to take out that. I need. You want to take out your better. frustration in Buffalo? You just jump on a table. That's all you got to do. You don't got to hit your teammates in the face. Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, our lost the step of the week. You hate to be on that list. You know? Not a place you want to be. Final thoughts. It's not a place you want to be on. Final thoughts I just hope for the none week. of us. I hope none of us ever end up on that list, but I guess it's possible. It's possible. We we're the reason that the loss is that list or <laughs> that's, the loss is that is a thing. It is so, about us. <laughs> yeah, it is about us. So, like we can relate. So <laughs> any uh yeah. final sports thoughts, fellas? I love football. I love, I I was thinking it all day. I was, you know what? I love baseball. I was at, I was at the Yankees game on, on uh, Friday night. Love baseball, football, man. I've been buzzing to do this episode. I am so excited. Just going through ESPN, looking at all these training camp, you know, thoughts, uh, articles, watching some videos, highlights. I am so excited for football. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's back Tuesday. So I'm pretty pumped. Um, Mark, cut him off. Get home. Just don't well, let. No, that's fair. His his mic's already off. I I made you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Max, uh, do you want to tease uh, the NFL preview that's going to be going down next week? Yeah. So you know, I I can't say that we're going to have someone uh, someone with the expertise level of uh, of Coach Hogan. Um, but yeah, we will continue our uh, division preview next week with the NFC East. And they FC North. Um, we won't tell you who's going to be on yet. A um, couple of listeners might know them, but yeah, we're going to have some some loyal listeners on the next couple of weeks. So it'll be a definitely be a you know some more fun episodes coming up. Um, so yeah, NFC East and AFC North next week. You know, be on the lookout. All right, great. And I love the fact that we're incorporating the uh, community in these episodes, <laughs> having uh, people on. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, once again, a huge, huge. Huge thank you to Jordan Hogan for being on this very special episode, kicking off our NFL uh, preview series. Once again, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he is at Coach Hogs, Coach H-O-A-G-S. Once again, thank you, Jordan. This has been episode 20. Guys, guys. 20. They said it couldn't be done. They They said said it couldn't be done. Here we are. And we're there. We're there. We're there. We did it. And, we haven't uh, killed each to, other uh, yet. Not yet. Here's to at least three or four more. And then uh, 
<laughs> then we'll see. We'll see. Oh, no, we're no. We'll, we'll uh, at least twenty more, and then, then we'll reconvene. This has been episode twenty of the Losses Step podcast. Once again, if you want to follow us, which you should, at Losses Step One on Twitter, and follow us at on Facebook by searching for the Losses Step podcast on on Facebook. You find the page. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think of the, our uh, NFL preview and all that. We'll have. Um, more stories for the next week, including stories you may have missed. And of course, our coveted loss a step segment for Mike, Max, Tom and myself. Have a good week.